hard is it on you mentally dealing with the, the child trafficking? Look, I struggled for years. I can't even talk to a therapist about it, right? Because it, oh. it would it would mess them up if I explain what I saw. Damn. Are you able to sort of identify child predators just off looks? Predators put themselves around prey. Mm-hmm. I want to hunt these individuals. Mm-hmm. I want to create as much fear in the world in their market. We are very proficient. We're 100% successful yeah, in every operation a, we go on. Whoa. Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Glenn Devitt. What's going on, man? Man, Glenn how you doing? Building. Doing well. I mean, in Las Vegas. Can't complain. Yeah. Las Vegas. You all right for the weekend? One day. Oh, just I, one I, day? I got in last night. I got to leave. I got to fly out to San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What's up this Man, so people watching, because you've been low-key, can you uh, tell people your journey? Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a story for sure. So uh, Glenn Devitt, the uh, CEO and founder of the Sentinel Foundation, uh, which is a child rescue organization. We basically go undercover against traffickers and rescue kids from child sex slavery around the world. Mm-hmm. We're kind of a fine fix asset for law enforcement. So mm-hmm. we take we all have a former high level special operations capability. So we take that capability down to a child crime investigation fight. So mm-hmm. we've been extremely successful. I do a bunch of other things, but yeah. uh, that and entrepreneur, uh, the uh, founder of Alcohol Armor. So we are mm-hmm. a different, you know, not a nonprofit really is where we're doing for-profit things to then help fund our nonprofit passions. For mm. So what is I, Alcohol Armor? Yeah. It's uh man, I created this working undercover, like getting banged up with cartels and uh, trying to fly a drone or tag a vehicle or track them in these you know, third world countries after you were drinking the whole night with them. We had to come up with like an anti-hangover formula. And so mm. I have a doctor in Google. I had a background in hacking and intelligence. And I uh, just started putting different supplements together to take while you drink. Mm. And so it's basically a performance answer and removes the toxins. Wow. So, yeah, it prevents the toxins before it happens. So it's a whole different market. So you, do you still get the buzz? Oh, yeah, you still get the buzz. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the FDA will crush me if I say. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, no, you still, you still maintain the level. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just... It, that's just the science behind it, right? Like yeah. alcohol goes through your small intestines. And, yeah. You know, being in the military, I had my stomach pumped three times. So, Jeez. like, yeah. I mean, we drink heavily. Yeah, yeah. But the I knew charcoal was a key ingredient. So from that experience, we put charcoal in it. We souped up the vitamins and we souped up your liver and your brain. So we put a bunch of different supplements together. I hired a chemist. It's pretty much uh, redneck science. Yeah. And the chemist was <laughs> like, hey, how do you, how'd you come up with this? And we told him, I was like, I was drunk one night, Googled kudu's root, and that's what the Japanese gave back in the 1700s. So I was mm-hmm. like, put that, you know, put that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah it kind of worked out well. Like, surprisingly, the first night I drank it, uh, I had no hunger. I probably drank like $700 worth of vodka sodas just wow. to really test the limit. And I yeah. woke up the next day feeling great. Okay, so fine. I was like, all right, we ha- wow. I have to, you know, fully invest in this. And so yeah. by doing that, we then fund our nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm not out there selling sandals to raise money for awareness. We had no social media footprint until recently mm-hmm. uh, where I came public with the story, but we've been doing it since 2014. So Wow. So how hard is it um, on you mentally dealing with the, the child trafficking? Are, are you actually on those uh, yeah, I mean, I've, missions? I, you actually go Yeah, in? I've been on 20 plus operations in 12 countries. Wow, um, geez. A lot of different countries. It, it takes a toll on you, right? That is the yeah. hardest part. 
Um, when I first got out, uh, do you want to like f the guys up bad? Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I have a bunch of savages on my team. I'm the yeah. captain of a pirate ship. Yeah, okay. You know, like these guys are like the Tom Brady of killing people. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, they did this for Check a living. Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys have smoke checked a lot of people around yeah, the world. And then, yeah. you know, like I stand on the shoulders of legends. So our teams yeah, yeah, and yeah. what they've accomplished, it's American history. Right, right. Um, by bringing where we come from, the special mission unit at Fort Bragg. Yeah. Consolidate that team together and said we are very proficient. We're 100 percent successful yeah, in every operation a, we go on. A ongoing problem in 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 our world now, you know. So oh, yeah. and you're just dealing with it international. So you're dealing with sometimes y'all get in shootouts and everything. I mean, we're not knock on we're not getting shootouts. Oh, uh, so you know, what I mean, like, so we're like, up, I mean, we have we have to give up that yeah, side of it. But I mean, yeah. we partner with the law enforcement in these yeah. third world countries. Like I've yeah. been to Haiti a bunch, you know, mm. before the president was assassinated. Yeah. You know, I've, we spent a lot of time in South America, Asia, and so we'll work directly side by side with them and mm -hmm. you teach them you train them you assist them through operations and then we're working there right mm -hmm. if you're working in asia you can't like the local thai police cannot play undercover they can't mm -hmm. go and infiltrate that trafficking network so they need gringos mm -hmm. white guys to mm -hmm. come in because that's the you know majority of eight you know like older middle-aged white guys are a lot of the people that are traveling to have sex and so mm -hmm. i mean i got guys that 37 years cia he was 77 years old and he's still now doing this job, right? Like, wow. Yeah. So you can really, we destroy networks when we go in. That's uh, crazy. Course, so. And what started your passion for this? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, back in 14, I got medically retired uh, for my neck and back. And I kind of, kind of, the Iraq war kind of pissed me off uh, because I felt like it was a bullshit war. I lost a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have been there. And so I had this resentment for there so i was like all right i want something that's very black and white and not gray war is very gray anywhere you go that anyone's been to war doesn't want to send anybody to war mm -hmm. and i was like children you know helping the helpless that was the thing and i, I just googled it right. and there wasn't a lot of organizations back in what was this 2014 but i found a special program called the hero corps which is human exploitation rescue operative mm -hmm. and they teach you you have to go unpaid for a year so i had to leave the defense world that was getting a high paying salary to go unpaid for a year and they teach you about computer forensics digital forensics and they teach you about the mindset behind pedophiles and why they exploit children and trafficking so they brought world-renowned experts mm -hmm. in and it was like once you know you see the worst of the worst you had to watch the worst of the worst and i was like i want to hunt these individuals mm -hmm. i want to create as much fear in the world in their market right because that's what it is it's it's the market and so if they're not yeah. being hunted if they're not being caught then they just you know go freely and so mm. wow. that's our mission is to create as much fear by working with law enforcement they have the hardest job right they are a fine fix we're not the messiahs we're not the jason borns we're there taking our experience our knowledge and bringing it to the law enforcement mm. You became That's really good at studying human psychology. Mm -hmm. So are you able to sort of identify child predators just off looks? You, uh, I mean, we do play spot the pedophile, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, you go to a playground, and you're like, mm, he's probably a pedophile. Right? Like, he's probably like, <laughs> the I'm like, kids around and he's playing with him. Yeah, I'm like, that yeah. guy pedophile. You yeah. know, like, we do that, like, I'm yeah. right majority of the time. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I have a background in human intelligence. So the government trained me on exploitation, on social engineering, on really manipulation, yeah. uh, and really building our personas because I will have to be who you want me to be, right? Mm. To be that person to make you comfortable. And so you get you get pretty good. You can't say 100%, but you know that predators put themselves around prey, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. why you'll see doctors, you'll see teachers, you'll see, you know, non you know nonprofits that have these individuals that are working with children. They embed themselves there, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to use as best we can with technology. We have some big things on the horizon. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to make some announcements where we're, we're taking a huge step um, in the right direction of yeah. consolidating a lot of experts in the field under one flag. 
mm-hmm. that's going to make an impact. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so. And you're also making an impact, too, in the uh, suicide space, too, with suicide prevention. You teamed yep. up with Amazon. How yep. has that been? Yeah, I mean, that came about, um, you know, I had a, with the background in hacking and like my, my ability yeah. to hack was exploiting um, like Facebook and Instagram and getting yeah. information that we shouldn't, we shouldn't have access to. But they right. left the door open and it was legally to get it. Mm-hmm. And we would use that in counterterrorism, child crimes cases. So I get pretty good at using data to exploit a problem. And I got approached um, around 2019 on using technology to... Uh, prevent suicide like mm. how can we make an indent with an organization called stop soldier suicide mm. so i sat on there for a week and i realized that you know uh, when i got back in 2019 my best friend andrew Tomlin killed himself like mm. so survived the deployment and killed himself right in a eulogy at, at 21 it rocked me like absolutely yeah. killed me so it's always been close to my heart and i realized that i've helped buddies along the way um like financially or just be there for them and they were all posting the same thing online they were all posting like call a buddy help a buddy and i knew they were the ones that were suicidal mm. so i knew that your outward persona was separate and different than your inward persona mm. and so by having a digital forensic background when i was investigating child crimes it was almost like you were in the mindset of this individual mm-hmm. like because your phone's your fifth limb as the Musk said right mm. everything you do think process goes through that mm-hmm. and so i was sitting there i realized it was like hmm, all these phones are being left behind when you kill, you know commit suicide your all your devices go to your next of kin so we're sitting on a wealth of knowledge well people say well eventually the, f- the phone is locked out you can't get in well we partnered with the best in breed and Cellbrite. they donated right away when i told them the initial concept so i built like a bootstrapped in my house during covid because i wasn't working undercover yeah i built a forensic lab but all the old equipment i had it called Cellbrite. they donated for free stop soldier suicide brought me on as their cto to build out this platform Amazon caught wind of it. And we brought in the best machine learning team from the ProServe mm. to come and analyze it. And it's, uh, this is our first time talking about the, po- the project publicly. And it is a fascinating. The results we're seeing mm-hmm. are incredible because we can actually back it up with data, you know, with our control set. So you guys can predict suicide through phone, through text message. You can't yet. You can't pre- predict it yet, but you right. can't but get you guys to that on, point on so you know what's going on, right? Yeah. So we, we do a call with the black box project. Is mm-hmm. They had no idea how planes were crashing or why they were mm-hmm. crashing. Mm-hmm. And so they put a black, bro- black box into the, uh, into the planes. Right. And so we're analyzing the black boxes right now of all these plane crashes to try to see why, you know, out the out the gate. I knew that three out of five first cell phones, like I had to go in these families and meet these people. And I mean, I knew of suicide. Like, I think everyone in the military goes down this path. Twenty two veterans kill themselves a day. Wow. So you have a day, a day, man, a day veterans. Twenty two. That's minimum. They think it's even higher. Jeez. So it's it's insane. The the numbers and you go through it. Right. I have had five buddies kill themselves. Wow. Right. And you you offer yourself. It's just. There's all different reasons. And so I, I was going into it and I realized, man, with the suicide, like all you're doing is pushing the pain, right? You're pushing mm. it. And it's like you walk in now the mom's suicidal, the father's suicidal, mm. you know? And it's like, I think we have to really, uh, you know, bring people to awareness when you do this. It is, it is a drastic yeah. effect across the board, right? It's, mm. it's hitting everybody. Yeah. Um, and the families were just bought in. They were like, I want to do, I want to help. Yeah. They wanted to give their self the, the cell phones they had, so they gave them. And if you understand security, your cell phone right now we can't get into because of certain security reasons, mm-hmm. but it's not being updated and it's not being packed. That's why we update our cell phones, mm-hmm. right? It's because they're they're stopping a door that's been open. Mm-hmm. And so the longer the phone sits around, the more doors you have open that you could eventually get in and still have all this data to analyze. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a fascinating project. We're seeing, you know, like a, a big thing is like, oh, it's spur of the moment. Well, you know, one of the cases they said it was spur of the moment. He wrote a suicide notes three months prior that he deleted wow. from his notepad that I then recovered and analyzed and read it. 
So we had all these tendencies back then. So then what were they searching? What were they Googling? Right. You're, so you're seeing all these different statistics that and it, I thought it was going to be like a year long project. I was like, Doc, I'll come over for a year. We'll do this. Now we're in like year three for it. And yeah, wow. it's a great so organization. That means you're going to innovate the way all cell phone companies, not just Apple, but all cell phone companies collect their data when it comes to each individual so you could create uh, an sdk there's yeah. talks of that to putting on certain apps yeah. where you're seeing this like a suicide prevention you start seeing these flags and indicators mm -hmm. we're looking at having our own app for resource for suicide help because stops their suicides a, a huge nonprofit now mm -hmm. they've they've just hit the limelight um during during COVID, we grew i mean we were i think it was a there's only 13 of us now and the organization is growing during COVID. Mm. The suicide went up, right? All yeah. these individuals are at home, they're mm. depressed, being locked right. up, all the effects. And uh, it hasn't, we haven't improved uh, wow. anything. And so we, we think and we hope that we have, mm. we have the best chance out there because we're the only ones with this data. Right. Yeah. And so I've loved it. We're going to continue to do it. We need more devices though. I mean, that's like, if I had one ask from this podcast, it's like, if you know somebody that was a veteran that has is passed away from suicide to, to reach out to us, stopsoldersuicide.org. You can donate the devices mm -hmm. to us. We give the devices back. Mm -hmm. So we collect the data and then we give the device back to you right. so you still have that device for yourself. So how do you, how do you yourself deal with getting all this information and energy and like, I, what's your mental health like? I mean, look, I struggled for years. Like, I couldn't bathe my daughters um, when I got yeah. back from some of these operations. You go from, like, living undercover where you're, you're, you're a savage, right? Mm. You're not doing anything illegal, but you're still living around these people. Mm. You have such this negative energy you're living. And you have to come back and then, you know, be, be a normal. father yeah. and be normal. And then you go another two weeks, you're going, and it could be at a moment's notice. You jump back and forth. So I struggled, man. Like, I tattooed a little baby's hand on my wrist because I almost closed down my nonprofit because I was struggling. Mm. So I was like, well, if I put a tattoo on, I have to. Like, so I was, I was doing this battling of going through it and mm -hmm. it, the stuff you see is so bad. It's not, it's all trauma is equal. It's just when you watch this, this information, like I can't even talk to a therapist about it. Right. Because it, oh. it would, it would mess them up if I explain what I saw. Damn. Uh, it's like, it would mess a therapist <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, Yo, I, like all, all the forensic, yeah, all the forensic investigators that are out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are doing God's work, man. To being on the front lines, living that every day. They're yeah. a special breed. They really care. I can't even talk to the therapist because the therapist, I'll yeah. become the therapist therapist. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Pretty much. I started like manipulating my therapist and I was like, eh, maybe I should not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Damn, yeah, like I got to turn that off right. at some point. But, uh, so then I found plant medicine, mm -hmm. you know, like for me being in the military, yeah. I had my top secret security clearance. I had the highest level. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't do drugs. It's one of the things, but yeah. they, you can drink a shit ton. So every yeah, one of us, why, we either go to the Bible or the bottle. It's, it's funny. It's like, cause they'll allow you to drink, which alcohol is a drug. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, yeah, yeah. they don't allow you to do anything else. And alcohol is more, it'll inebriate you to the point you can't even defend yourself yeah. or defend the country. Yeah, so, I mean, and the infantry, you know how many times we got in fist like brawls because everyone is drunk? Like, yeah. if we were high, we'd all just be chilling yeah, out, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, like, that's weird. Yeah, have they changed that since? Or no, you, nah, still, nah. You, you still can't do anything. Not CBD, not nothing. Yeah, they wow. got like yeah, CBD. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, like, Hopefully, eventually yeah. they catch up because you're seeing in the veteran space mm. that psychedelics are hands down mm. the best one. Like, yeah. ayahuasca cured my PTSD on wow. the second time. Really? Second, you, second term. What's your, what's your take on psychedelics? Because I, I mean, I just experienced um, shrooms for the first time like, two months ago. Yeah. And yeah. Um, microdosing is I, I it, it helps me yeah. with a lot of different things as far as thinking, um, anxiety, uh, just dealing with like the social aspect of constantly just working and spreading yourself out to them, even yeah. in being in large crowds. 
I, look, I am a big advocate yeah. for it. Yeah. You know, I started my psychedelic journey with ayahuasca and I've done around 14 mm. ceremonies and I do private ceremonies yeah. where I do it with the Shipibo tribe. So I would just say to people is go to the source, right? Like mm -hmm. don't go to California and do it with some hippie, then try out ayahuasca. Like go to mm. the source because they are the energy. Mm. You know, when the Shipibo are considered the guardians of ayahuasca, right? Mm. They're the only ones that cast the recipe for it and then spread to Brazil and Colombia. I haven't done ayahuasca though. What's that? That's Ayahuasca is different, right? Than ayahuasca is DMT, yeah. right? Oh, okay. Versus, um, with psychedelics of psilocybin, which okay. psilocybin, psilocybin mushrooms yeah. I love, yeah. but I didn't start to appreciate mushrooms until I did ayahuasca because mm. it gave me the ability to handle because I is pretty deep, right? It's mm -hmm. like six to eight hours long. So my mushroom ceremony has gotten 10 times better and I could really mm. tap into my internal workings because right. I've had that psychedelics experience. And oh, so okay. it... It benefit and like eventually, I want to have my own center for women that have been abused and children mm. in their lives for veterans, where mm. they can get access to it because it, it worked for me. And once wow. it works for you, I mean, I woke up after my second ceremony and it just felt like somebody had just scrubbed my system. Wow! Now it's not Damn. like a magic pill; like you this still have a lot ayahuasca, of work. Right? This is just my yeah, my ayahuasca Damn. ceremony. And it was, you said it was six hours, eight hours. You do six to eight hours. I went to where celebrities went at first down in Costa Rica, yeah. and then I went to like where you know, like regular people would go. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that the the energy was the healers, and so I started gotcha. putting my own private retreats. And they, when I went to other retreats, they had two. They had a man and a woman mm -hmm. as the maestros and mm -hmm. maestra. Um, for me, I was like, I heard about like maybe having five, like a family. So wow. I did. Wow. So I, I got my buddy to get the people from the Shiva. I brought five of them to the Amazon jungle. Mm -hmm. And so we had five healers to only seven of us. Wow. And it completely took me to another dimension. Like I, had, nice. I did four ceremonies. To, uh, so you do four ceremonies in a week. So every other Jeez. day you do one. Mm. And I mean, it was life changing. Did like, your soul leave your body? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was. I was <laughs> I mean, so. it was that that experience in that environment mm -hmm. in the Amazon jungle was so powerful. Like, I mean, the experience that I have and I think I've gotten better over the years is because you have to let go. Mm -hmm. You have to realize that you have nothing to lose. And I don't care. Like, I fully commit to it when I do it mm -hmm. is. And so I think I have a I have a better relationship with it. I know I've done it so many times. Like by my 14th ceremony, she's like, "I taught you enough." Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "You're no, yeah, bye." She pretty much is like, "Get out of here," you know. Like so, I explored iboga. I just did iboga. Yeah. yeah what, um, so what's that? What's i what's that iboga? they call I, it? The, I, iboga. Iboga is so it is insane, right? So I, ibogaine is what you hear a lot of, mm -hmm. and ibogaine is curing meth addicts, heroin addicts, mm -hmm. ninety percent rate success rate at curing. Right. And so mm -hmm. Iboga is the actual root from Africa. Mm -hmm. It's from Gabon. I think it's Gabon area. It's Pudweedi tribe, it's called. And it is a root. Now, that ceremony can last anywhere from 18 to 38 hours. Yeah. Right. It is insane. But so with I Ibogaine, it is pharmaceutical and it's one oculide mm. that pulls out of it. And with Iboga, the, you get the spirit, they say, with it. And it's 14 different acolytes. Right. And so. It completely rocked me. It was, so it like replays your life. Like a screen pops up, you're you're into it. It's not it's it's not recreational like Aya. You don't get the cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like Aya can show you love at ten thousand. Yeah, it can show yeah. you fear at ten thousand. Yeah. Right. And it's like I'm in, stuck in a TV with ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And so with iboga, it's more of like watching your life and shows you. And it's just like the old grandfather that's just like smacks you upside mm -hmm. your head, says like you need to do this. Stop being an idiot. And then you get like neuroplasticity where your brain is like fully open to learn for three months. Whoa. Which 
is insane. So like right now I'm, I'm in that, I mean, I'm up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm journaling, cold plunging, sauna. Like I, you get that ability to really rewire yourself, right? Wow. And so, but you Wait. can also rewire yourself as you start drinking heavily. Yeah. You can start tying that in. So if you imagine like getting this ability to be supercharged mm. and then really take control of yourself mm. and say, I want to fix this. For me, it was like I have an anti-alcohol arm, anti-hangover company. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take a break from drinking, really reset, detox my life, get my brain mm-hmm. fully, fully functioning, right? And so then I'll go back to it. So Iboga is so let me let me get this straight. So you take what is it a pill? Is it a no? Root? Man, it's just like ground up root. It's a root. It's terrible. There's no good plant medicine. Okay, mushrooms, so, take, mushrooms taste like candy compared to this shit. So, you, so <laughs> you, so you take it and then instantly it's just like no. It's you wait like thirty minutes mm-hmm. and so you start going through it and then you have your healers and so for iboga I used. Uh, this guy Michael from BeweedyLife.org, mm. phenomenal. This guy Jason Munger is one of those people, and they were just amazing, man. They like walked you through the journey. So you go in with intentions, and so you go, you take the medicine, and you wait like an hour, and you go, and it's like teaches you these life lessons. So there's these these principles of life of like taking care of yourself. Right. Like you put you first mm-hmm. of going in through and then resetting your brain of like, mm-hmm. you know, if you hold on to something, if a negative thought comes in your mind, you have 10 seconds to get rid of it. or You're going to hold it the whole day. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so it teaches you these different things to really align yourself mm-hmm. to it's cheating, man. I, I, I compare it to cheating. All my success, my patents and other things I've done all have come from plant medicine. That's insane. It completely rewired my brain for it. Now, granted, it's work. You have to constantly go through. I didn't do a good job at reintegrating of coming back. Mm-hmm. and doing this now and so i've gotten better over the years and mm-hmm. and there's different plant medicine i've done san pedro which is god's lsd there's bufo which is the toad so i've done an experiment with all of them and just kind of mm-hmm. figure out like with friends and buddies and colleagues i know of, like hey you know what you should, go, you should try this one you're going through this in life maybe you should go to that mm-hmm. yeah and so how important do you feel is the plant-based implementation when it comes to mental health do you feel like they should start approving this so uh, that people can actually it's it? it's the only thing look when i got out of the military i was on they had me on eight percocets a day damn they had me on zoloft Jeez, right that's like, terrible yeah i mean i kicked it cold turkey you know like i was watching drug inc on discovery or history wherever it was mm-hmm. and i realized i was an addict so mm-hmm. for five days i went through withdrawals completely rocked me and I was like, man, I don't ever want to go down this path again. And then they have you on Zoloft, which is makes you numb because you're going through all these different things. When truthfully, if you microdose mushrooms, if you go and go go travel somewhere, like why is this not legal in the U.S.? Why don't right. now? I don't agree with just making everything legal, but I think like with psilocybin, if you can do a guided journey in the U.S., have it like you're going to do like ketamine right now. You're starting to get ketamine drips. They can do that. I haven't done that yet. But like have a guided journey. It would do wonders for mm-hmm. it, right? It's, but you can try, I don't recommend because mushrooms can take you really deep. If you take the wrong amount of dosage, mm-hmm. you can you can go pretty deep with that if for you sure. don't know what you're doing. So I think like mushrooms should be used in microdose aspect or um, – really just having in controlled environments having somebody guide you like i have buddies and we'll go we'll get mushrooms we'll go to another country and i'll, I'll guide them you know if i need to right or so have you ever had a bad psychedelic trip or experience i mean the bad ones are the good ones <laughs> right like yeah. that's when you have the most learning right mm-hmm. when you have you're like i had i was probably i was like stopped for like three hours like screaming no mas you know like <laughs> i can speak a little bit of spanish i'm getting rocked in the amazon they're like holding my hands and you know, that's why I can show you love at 10,000 level, like your amount of love. It could also show you fear and, you know, like it can take you to those levels, but then it's just your body working through it. You can get out of it. 
Mm. For the most part. That one time I couldn't get out of it for some reason. <laughs> but the every other times you can get up, you can go to the bathroom. But I would challenge anybody if if they're struggling, yeah. like what do you have to lose? Because they say if you're in a bad mental state, you should be careful about taking psychedelics, right? Correct, right? Like, and if you're on certain antidepressants, you, that's why I highly write. There's so many places down, and, and if anyone wants to know of places to go, if you, have, you can hit me up on Instagram. Like, mm. they can reach out. I'm like, hey, this is the place I prefer mm. for it. I've experimented with different ones, and I, I know the ones that I like working with because mm-hmm. they're like little angels. I mean, they really are the guys that guide you through the journey, and women that try to guide you through. They're there to protect you, right? Right, and they are the conduit between the locals that do it and having that local or that you know individual that's not from the tribe mm. is actually guiding you so mm. man yeah. what's next for you <laughs> this is man this, man, is, this is enlightening yeah. i mean so uh you know we're, we're we're making a big push with the sentinel foundation that's my nonprofit, mm-hmm. foundation sentinel.org we're pushing there where we're consolidating a bunch of uh, other human trafficking task force to put us under one flag to move forward to create as much fear as we can wow. you know blow up alcohol armor so we can have an exit like i want to be on yachts and rescue kids you know, like I don't think you should be poor and have to do nonprofit work. Mm-hmm. I think that you can you can find that balance, right? right? When I first started, I started a for-profit company and a nonprofit at the same time, and all my mentors from the Silicon Valley were like, "You're, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You can't do this." But then I realized the more that I gave, the more I got, mm-hmm. right? And my successes came from yeah. leading with my nonprofit, right? Of going through, and then it became a testbed where I was taking what I learned in my nonprofit and did a for-profit, and so I got this balance of back and forth. And just always staying true to it, right? Like always giving and helping others. It's I think there's nothing greater in this world when you go to a third world country, you go to your neighborhood, mm-hmm. and you help somebody in need. Like, right. you know, if you can, you can do the littlest thing and really change somebody's life. Yeah. It, so. Man, I love that. With sex trafficking, what are the most common countries that have that issue? Uh, so like huge issue with Thailand, Asia, right? You get a lot of people from Europe and U.S. to travel to there. They exploit them. Mm. And the, the Thai people are some of the nicest people, mm. right? And they're just overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. When you have this influx uh, into that country, mm-hmm. you know, like the U.S. is some of the biggest consumers of this problem. Really? Right? Oh, yeah. And they're Hands taking down. like kids as, as young as what? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you have the ones that produce stuff that are dealing very low. I just... I don't want to, yeah, it's very low. And then you have all the way up to like teenagers, like they'll go to South America, you know, like Colombia is one of my favorite countries in the world. I spent a lot of time down there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's that whole region, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, have worked in the majority of all these countries. So that's insane. Did you ever go to Epstein Island? Terrible. I wish. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's if we get terminal cancer, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not going out on a deathbed. Oh, so, uh, yeah, that that exists at a certain level, but it's so hard for us to do anything about it, right? Because that we need our government to stand up, we need our politicians to stand up, and for them to make changes in laws and fund law mm-hmm. enforcement. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's been a blast. Yeah, yeah, man. This is, this is a lot. I'm speechless. Yeah. I want to try some of those psychedelics. Yeah. Oh, dude, let me know, man. I'll take you down. I bo- yeah. They're, 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 they're yeah, going to yeah, see I him bo- show up and be like, no, 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 Sean, you can come. You got to stay back. Yeah, yeah. The message <laughs> is like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to Dubai again. Just, now that I've gotten better, I'm like, come on, let me back in. You know, like, <laughs> come on, come on, come on man. Yeah, like, <laughs> Iboga sounds fascinating. So you literally could see your life. Yeah, it was so crazy. 18 like, hours, though, Sean. That's a lot of Well, so it's different. It's like you, you go hard for 12, mm-hmm. and then the sun comes up, then they put you in your room. So they isolate you for like, you're not allowed to really talk to anybody. They pull your cell phone away. Mm-hmm. And you get this time to just lay in bed and think about you have your first 18 is your first movie so zero to 18 you have your 18 to your current present is your second movie and then you have the ability to write your third movie Mm. and so you go through and you live through your life and you start analyzing 
all your mistakes and it's a very honest and being true to yourself um, for it. So it does last like mine were 20 hours where, but by the 16th hour, I was just having like little shutters, but for like eight hour, eight to 10 hour, I couldn't walk. Like it's Whoa. like, it's like the matrix is breaking, but the screen pops up and like, I had like a defrag moment where it was like, I could just see myself in a bar environment drinking. I knew like mm -hmm. if I, you know, like just different things it, throughout my life, it would show me, but I didn't have, a, I am still exploring. Like I'm going to go do it again. That's insane. Uh, boy, yeah. So that means all our memories are stored somewhere and yeah. you were able to reactivate it. Uh, dude, it was crazy. They had me, like, they walk you through a journey at one point on the second time, your ceremony, they'll start guiding you. So they come over and they're like, no, find your, go to your room or go to your house mm -hmm. and then go through the front door of your house. And you can see all this and you're walking through and they're like, go up to your room. And they're like, do you see you? Mm -hmm. So then you talk to your inner child, you find it and then you start digging up. It's, I mean, it's insane. Whoa. Yeah. You start going through and it's like, then they walk you through your organs and it's gotta be the most like, emotional ex experience ever. Yeah. 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 There was like, Especially I had like some deep your, stuff that yeah. I was like, did something happen? Like what is during this period? Like why did my blank in this area? And mm. like, yeah, you get, it's a very deep learning, right? Mm -hmm. But it's made me uh, hands Where, down a better what person. What country is this one in? So this one, you can do, you can go to Africa and do it. Like eventually I will, but it's mm -hmm. it's tough, like getting Africa. But you can do it in uh, Toronto. Um, it's just guy, Jason Munger, he does it with a guy named Michael out of Bewitty Life. And they're in Mexico and Canada. Wow. And I got to go because of vetsolutions.org, mm -hmm. any special operation veteran, they paid for everything, man. Wow. Yeah, like they like they basically were, I thought it was like, I paid for all my other trips and they're like, hey, you want to go be a part of a study? I mean, covered everything. Like hands down, it was the easiest mm. situation. So they had, but it was for special operations mm. or there's heroic hearts that does a lot of what regular army and, mm -hmm. and, and special operations. And so there's a lot of great veteran organizations out so, there and they're not paying me. I'm throwing this out to these that, guys. So. Did you come back and apologize to some people? Did you want to fuck some people up? Like, was there, I'm was like, yeah, because I mean, it does give you a comment. Like, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't need them in my life yeah, anyway. Was it, was it, I was pretty cold at first. Yeah, so I was, was like, it, you know, like I'm taking care of me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's about me. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember now. You yeah. know, you forgive a lot, and you forgive you, your, you forgive yourself, yeah. right? You realize that, like, hey, you can you can do a better job at mm -hmm. being yeah. a father. You know, you can be a better person and and work on this and just be honest mm -hmm. with yourself. And yeah. you know, I found journaling is key. Like having going through, and I don't do it as often, but having that notepad. I study a lot of the Stoics mm -hmm. um, and their philosophies that they had. So you tie all that together, and look, you do what you can, man. You know, like for the majority of us, especially where we come from, we just try to do more good than we do bad. Mm -hmm. Because none of us are perfect. Like we're no one's a saint here. Yeah. So Glenn, I've learned a lot, man. I can't wait to support your your business and help veterans, you know, save their lives for sure. I like yeah, that. we. Uh, it's such an honor, man. Thank you so much for being out here. Like you're doing God's work by spreading the word. So absolutely, thank you for guys. coming by, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, thanks. You got anything, Wayne? Nah, thank you guys for watching. Uh, and where, where can they reach you at? And, yeah, Glenn.Devitt on Instagram, uh, and then FoundationSentinel.org. Is my nonprofit and alcoholarmor.com if they uh, if they hate hangovers. <laughs> Love yeah, it. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.